Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to Gimme the Creeps, episode 64. Hello. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did not tell you what we are covering today. No, you didn't. But um, we had a request sent in to our messages, and I decided to go ahead and... Yeah, so this week, since it's my turn and I got to see the request, I decided to keep it a secret from you um, because it's a pretty... It's a pretty gruesome murder, but not only that, but it's children. Oh my. So trigger warning now, um, if you don't like the idea of children murdering or the idea of children being murdered, I would skip this episode. I'm not going to be going into too much graphic detail, but just the idea of it is disturbing to a lot of people. We don't really cover a lot of those, so just a warning. So the request was pretty much for child murders, but the, like, three days prior to receiving that request I'd seen on YouTube, um, 60 Minutes Australia released a new special on a UK case that was pretty huge in the 90s, so I thought it was great timing to go ahead and cover that. Mm -hmm. So, very, very big trigger warning right at the jump. This involves a brutal murder of a toddler. Pretty ugly stuff. Uh, I usually avoid child murder as much as I can on this podcast because of the graphic violence that's inflicted on innocent lives, but this one has gone down in history because it was two other children who took his young life. Um, Oh my goodness. Right. So... With 60 Minutes just covering this and giving us an update and everything, I thought it was um, a good idea. So here we go. Today I will be discussing the abduction and murder of two-year-old James Burglar of Liverpool, England by two 10-year-old boys, Robert and John. Mm-mm. Oh man. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get started here. Denise Fergus is James Bulger's mother. She loved being a mom and she was very protective of her children. So this case makes it all the more horrible, just imagining that. Um, Liverpool is a city in Northwest England. Its metropolitan area is bustling. Denise kept James safe by holding onto his little hand as they shopped. On February 12th, 1993, she bundled James up in warm clothing as it was a very brisk Friday morning. A friend invited her to The Strand, a shopping center in Boodle, and she agrees. Around 1.45 p.m., she stops at the butcher shop on the way out of The Strand. While paying at the counter, she lets go of his hand, and just within an amount of seconds, she looks down and James is gone. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. My stomach would just drop. Dude, that freaks me out when people let their kids, like, walk behind them. Mm -hmm. Oh, like I couldn't even. Right. Oh, no. And just getting distracted for a moment. There's always a predator with their eyes out, you know, looking for children that are wandering around. It just makes it so easy. And um, in a busy area like that. Oh, no. So... Um, you know, amusement parks, malls, things like that. Parents usually keep their children onto their hand or, you know, have them hold on to their belt or something, hold on to the cart, anything to where they are not more than two feet away from you. 
Right. But anyway, so she lets go of his hand to pay. And as she's passing the money across the counter, she looks back down and James is no longer by her side. He's two years old, so he can walk. Um, he can understand, you know, when people are talking to him, He, he he's competent enough. So that just makes it so heartbreaking. Mandy Waller is interviewed in the 60 Minutes segment. She was the Merseyside Police Department constable during this incident. So she hadn't gotten the call right away because she's still in the strand. So as a mother, she just goes, you know, walking around. He couldn't have gotten too far, you know, um, and ends up going to the guest service counter first. It's a sequence of events that builds up to the police hearing about this um, incident. So, so far she doesn't know, but Mandy Waller mentions that she dealt with missing children before, but nothing on this scale. Mm -hmm. The Merseyside police CID take over the search, um, after she goes to the guest service desk and tells them her son is missing and they make the call. And it had been 40 minutes since James had gone missing at oh that point. Goodness. Uh, he could be anywhere, you know, it's so scary. Uh, but it's just all the more shocking that they had gotten so far by foot at this point. So mm. De- Detective James Fitzsimmons is the inspector on the case. Four hours had passed at this point, and the investigation is ramping up as it gets dark in Liverpool. Denise mentioned she didn't want to leave the Strand without James. She felt like it was accepting that he was missing, and it was just hard for her. Mm-hmm. So it's dark by that point, and she goes home, hoping the police have good news for her in the morning. A witness who saw a child crying along the canal outside of the shopping center tells the police, and the inspector worried that he wandered out and fell into the canal. Oh my god. So at this point, police are, you know, walking around the Strand asking people if they'd seen a little boy, um, that kind of thing. And as it hits the nine hours mark, now they are watching the CCTV footage of the shops. And I have to wonder what... Right. I have to wonder what, I don't know if they maybe thought we don't need to, like he couldn't have gotten far within this amount of time, but as hours pass, they finally fall to watching the CCTV footage and everyone's stomachs drop as they spot James being led out of the strand by another child by the hand. They were caught off guard and their priorities quickly changed because now they're looking for children who were the last to see James and possibly know where he ended up. Mm -hmm. So he was guided by these two boys and it was an abduction from what it looked like. The next mission was to find out who these boys are and why are they walking him out through the exit? Where did they take him? That kind of thing. It took one minute and 31 seconds from him leaving his mom's side to him leaving the whole building. Oh my goodness. Parents out there, I know it's already a scary enough place, but one minute and 31 seconds, just remember that. So footage of a press conference where Denise spoke shows her with swollen eyes, concerned for her son's return, truly heartbreaking. She pleads for whoever has him to bring him back as her tears just keep falling. And this is just the next day. So this offers the question, should they be less worried about James's well-being because the abductors were children? At first, they believed so. It seems, as described by the inspector, to be less sinister. That Saturday, 17 hours of James being gone, and the news of his taking spreads fast as the calls come in from witnesses who saw him walking with two older boys. The police released the CCTV footage to see if anyone could identify the boys as the police searched for James. 
Posters are put up with the images of the footage and posters are put, are put up of just James, images of James, photos of James, his little smiling face and his curly hair and his rosy cheeks. He's just so adorable. It's just so sad. So a resident of a neighborhood around the Strand uh, says that she saw a toddler by the reservoir. Denise was taken by Mandy on a drive. Um, I'm pretty sure Mandy was trying to keep Denise occupied while the detectives did their work. But what she can do now is take um, Denise on a drive and see what they can find around the strand. She was in the car with Mandy when Mandy got the call. And right away, James's mother knew that he had been found, but this was not good news. Oh my goodness. The hopes were diminished on Sunday, 48 hours after he was taken. And I believe this is Valentine's Day. That's got to be the worst Valentine's Day in history. A body is found next to the railway. So after 48 hours, his little body is found. He is small and badly beaten. Phil Roberts describes this was unlike anything he had ever experienced. He was the detective sergeant of Merseyside Police. Denise screamed and began to collapse as if in, in pain. She says she felt hopeless and like a mom without her baby. She couldn't believe it. Now begins the murder investigation. James's body was left in such a devastating state that they could tell it wasn't an accident. Now to find the boys who led him away from his mother. Who could have done this? On day two of the investigation, Detective Constable Laurie Dalton with Merseyside Police joined and began the investigation with his little group. Finding his body made the CCTV footage a lot more disturbing because now they know these two kids were walking with him and police now knew it wouldn't end well for James, so what the fuck happened? On day three, the investigation takes them on a journey walking from the Strand to where uh, James ended up and another CCTV camera is found to have picked up the three boys walking. They used the surroundings to estimate the heights of the boys and allowed them to guess the age of the kids. They now said the boys were under 12, whereas before they could have been anywhere from 10 to age 15. But now that they have a, a closer estimate, it'll make it a little bit easier to narrow down who did this. Mm-hmm. Walton Lane Police a separate department, contacted the Merseyside police with some information of interest. A woman had come in to disclose that on Friday at a family friend's home, a boy came home with his clothes very dirty and he had skipped school with another boy that day. This boy was John Venables and he had been going to St. Mary's school. Jim Fitzsimmons called the headmistress of the school and asked if John Venables was in school on Friday, February 12th. She said no. He was sagging with Robert Thompson. Sagging means skipping uh, in the UK, I'm assuming. I don't know if it means that anywhere else, but that's what she had said. Thompson was a frequent truancer and had lived around where James was found. Phil Roberts got ready to interrogate the boys. He said he'd arrested a few kids but couldn't imagine kids killing anyone. A team of detectives is dispatched to arrest John Venables on day five of the investigation. They asked for his clothes that he wore on that Friday and asked about how that day went. A second team is sent to arrest Robert Thompson. Detective Laurie mentioned he had never seen Robert in fear. Um, He was just carefree answering the questions. As far as he could tell, he wasn't nervous. The boys were taken to the police station. Robert began to cry. It made it harder to believe a 10-year-old could kill. So these boys are um, taken to different police stations to be interviewed. 
At 5 p.m., the question started beginning with, were you in the Strand? Right away, John Venables denies they were in the Strand. The manager reported that the boys were by his shop with fingers on the glass. So a manager of a store in the Strand um, tells the police this. And so a detective had taken some tape and collected fingerprints off the glass, matching them to John Venables. So they knew he was lying when he denied that they had ever gone to the Strand. Not only do they need evidence, they need the truth from the boys as well as knowing what they did was wrong. So they need that intent. When Thompson is being questioned, uh, Dominic Lloyd, Thompson's solicitor, is present and Lloyd said with his youth and child life behavior, it made it impossible to believe he would kill. He admitted quicker that he was in the Strand and says he saw James there with his mom. He tells them John took James's hand and walked out of the Strand. Thompson says he tried to tell him to take him back. Then Robert starts crying and the detective says he was trying to con him with tears. Robert says he's getting on, he's getting all the blame as he sobbed without any water falling from his eyes at all. When John is confronted with what Robert Thompson said, he denies it and cries as well. Robert denies killing him. And I'll play the clip for you right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's pretty disturbing to hear a child a sociopath, basically, is what this reminds me of. John saying to us that he wasn't down at the Strand. I know you were at the Strand, but why should he lie to us by saying that he wasn't in the Strand? He's scared of saying that he was down at the Strand because something happened, didn't it? Yeah. Not by me. I know the truth. I believe I know the truth. I was there. That's right. Correct, but I know there's a lot of things that have gone on. Yeah, well, do you know what you need to kill them? It wasn't. I never even killed them. So it's a little bit hard to understand because he has a, an accent, but he, uh, Robert Thompson is answering the questions saying, I was there, I know the truth, but the detective also says, I know what happened pretty much. And Thompson says, well, how do you know it was me that killed him? It wasn't. And it's like, okay, you immediately went to that, which when they were arresting the two boys, they did say under the suspicion of murdering James Bulger. So they knew what it was about. Mm-hmm. However, he just goes ahead and says, I didn't kill him. So that right there is already um, somewhat suspicious. His voice is like super, um, I don't know, he just sounds so little. I know. He's 10 years old and he certainly plays up um, the innocent part of what a 10-year-old should be like, but um, it's just very chilling. Um, His explanation is so chilling, but when he imitates James, it's even worse. So I'm going to keep playing this here for you. To this, because when I say he cried, there was not a drop of water. There wasn't a tear. He thought he was going home. Because he kept on asking, well, am I going home? 2055. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. And I want you to tell me. I don't want to be to answer any more questions, do I? I don't want to kill a man. I've got a baby of my own. I'm trying to. I'm trying to kill a baby. I kill a. I kill my own. So 
he says, why would I want to kill him when I've got a baby of my own? And then he goes, if I wanted to kill a baby, I'd kill me own, wouldn't I? What the fuck? Who is like his sibling? Right, exactly. That's Robert Thompson talking. Um, but the fact that his mind would go there in defense of, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, like, why would I go find a stranger's baby? I could, I have one at home I could just kill if I wanted to kill one. Like, what? Yeah, instead Holy. of I would never kill anyone. Right, exactly. <laughs> Isn't that? But that's, I mean, that's a child's logic with that kind of sociopathic defense, I guess. I don't know. Ugh. So, <clears throat> That is a wolf mind. Very rare in kids' minds. It's a chilling thing to say with hindsight. At the time, it simply seemed to be part of a pattern of desperate lying, of desperately just trying to talk about anything else other than this. Was he able to talk? Yeah. James? Yeah. What did he say to you? Oh my god. That's quite a bit cold, very eerie, the fact that he actually said it in the way James would have said it. So disturbing. Yeah, what the fuck? I want me mom. Ugh, so sad. So they tell Robert that John Venables is denying it, um, denying even being at the Strand, and Robert is quick to shift the blame to John for taking the baby, and he refers to James uh, multiple times as the baby. I thought of how killers don't name their victims. They simply refer to them as they or the child, etc., to kind of distance themselves, and it's just very weird to see it from a child like that. So um, yet another warning as I go into detail on what happened to little James. It's very violent. John is the first to confess to killing James to his mother um, once they take a break from questioning. And then he has the detectives come back because he's ready to talk again. And that's when he confesses to them that he did kill James. On day six of the investigation, John tells them Robert picked up James and threw him on the ground, giving him a bump on his head. They walked down to the train tracks and threw bricks at little James. Uh, He put everything on Robert at this point, and they tell Robert this, and he asks why and cries again about getting all the blame, and that he will get all the blame because there was blood on him. He then explains that John threw a brick at James's face and then threw another after that. James has multiple head injuries at this point, and when they hit him with a metal object or a bar, he has now come unconscious on the tracks. Um... Or fallen onto the train tracks, Uh, but I'm not sure if he's dead at that point or if they continue to beat him. At this point, the police had enough to arrest the boys and keep them in custody. On February 20th, 1993, they are charged with his murder, becoming the youngest to receive murder charges in the UK in 100 years. Horrific. Gosh. Ten days later, they appear at the Sefton Magistrates Court. The public outcry over this case was unreal in the UK, many exclaiming, let them go, because who would think to hold two children for this crime? I'm not sure if they didn't, uh, if they think the boys didn't do it, or if they just didn't think they should have any consequences for this, for these actions or what, but they were against the boys being taken into custody. In March of 1993, James Patrick Bulger's 
funeral is held at the Sacred Heart Church in Kirkby. His tiny casket is held by people who loved him. November 1st, 1993, the boys stand trial for the murder. Convicting the boys was difficult for the prosecution because of the amount of shock this case carried. The prosecution called 38 witnesses, with 11 of them showing up, who saw the boys walk the two-and-a-half-mile journey to the railway line where James was killed. They believed he was with his older brothers. Forensics showed 42 separate injuries to James. A metal object, feet, bricks, and stones were taken to his little body as he helplessly just cried out in pain. The evidence showed how violent the attack was, which in turn showed the intent of their crimes. The D-rings on Robert's shoes left marks on little James's face, and it was just horrible. Um, So they, they kicked him in the head. They kicked him. It was just awful. They acted with purpose, with precision, says one of the detectives. Denise believes they would have repeated this crime had they had they been let go. She only came to the final day of the trial just to hear the verdict. The verdict was guilty. Robert Thompson went into shock, gasping for air as this was read out, and John just cried. They were sent to a detention facility for eight years. This was disappointing, especially to Denise, um, because not only were they not sent to an actual prison, but they only got eight years. Mm -hmm. So this verdict was read out on November 24th, 1993. They were sentenced to seven years and eight months. What do you think about it, about there? I think that's bullshit. I don't understand why it wasn't longer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see why they didn't put them in like an actual prison because they are little boys but mm-hmm. they should have at least been somewhere for longer than fucking eight years right so should they have been tried as an adult or sent to an adult prison after they were old enough oh yeah for sure after they were been? old enough definitely right right that's what i think too so the mom didn't hear anything that happened to the little boy she did yeah. um and i'm sure she either They had an uncle identify his body, or I don't know if she was the one to identify his body. Um, But yeah, she she knew everything that happened to him. Mm. I'm just not sure if she saw it or not. So she just has such hate, hate towards those boys. She knows that they did it on purpose. And the fact that they were lying and denying this and that just shows that they knew it was wrong. Right. So Robert went to the Barton Moss facility in Manchester, and he seemed to have regressed, sucking his thumb and acting very childlike. John Venables went to the Red Bank Secure Children's Home in Merseyside, just 12 miles away from Robert. John Venables seemed to be more disturbed, um, and I'll play a clip now. My name is David James Smith. I did a great deal of research, tracking back into the boys' backgrounds. In Robert's case, I think it's been described as an urban feral child, just generally out of control. I don't hold the view that children are born evil. Some staff had real difficulties with that in the beginning, uh, coming to terms with you know what Robert had done. But with the help and support of psychologists, they were able to 
um, provide the care that enabled Robert to be successfully rehabilitated and returned to, you know, to, to society. I did spend a little bit of time uh, at Red Bank and came into contact with, with, with John. I saw in John a boy that was more troubled than Robert. I suppose that the word you'd use is he looked more disturbed. I sat at the dining table with John. We were joking about fighting and I said something to the effect that he couldn't pull the skin off a rice pudding. He replied, oh yeah, bring your baby here and I'll batter it. What the fuck? Wow. Just so disturbing to come from a child like that. <sighs> so John said, bring your baby here and I'll batter it. So he knows what he did and he probably would do it again if he was free. So the update in this segment comes about right about now. So John had a rough upbringing. So they do bring up how he had an alcoholic mother and his father had left the family. He suffered some child abuse in the home. However, Denise, James Bulger's mother, does not excuse this behavior with that at all, saying others have the same problems at home and don't murder children because of it. Mm -hmm. In June 2001, Thompson and Venables are released on life license. I'm assuming like kind of like a probation thing in the UK where, you know, if you break the law, you're going back to jail or, you know, keeping a close eye on them with certain like things they can, can't do. Right. There you go. Not probation. Parole type thing. Um, so they're released in 2001. Of course, Denise is distraught and she just knows that something's going to happen and there's something wrong. So they were given new identities to give them an anonymity to kind of start over and not have any vigilante justice take place. Denise is so upset over their release, believing they hadn't even been punished and feeling like she had let her son down, um, like no justice was served. Mm -hmm. Since his release, Robert Thompson has not been back to prison for breach of his license. John, however, has been in and out of prison. He of went to an adult prison, finally. In 2010, he was sentenced to two years for 57 indecent photos of children and distributing indecent images of children. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. He was arrested in 2017 <clears throat> once again, collecting child abuse pornography. Oh, my God. And he was found to be posing online as a woman with a child willing to give it to an abuser. What? Yes. He was posing as a mother with a child that he was uh, looking for to be abused by someone that he met online. So he was going to steal a kid and sell it. Probably, probably. Yeah, exactly. Okay. If he wasn't, it was just a kind of, I'm not sure if that was the, the game plan or if it was just like the, the role play of it mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, but either way, very disturbing stuff. Mm -hmm. In uh, September of 2020, he was denied parole. It's truly evil. That one. Um, so, this kid, for all we know, didn't even graduate from torturing animals. He just went straight to child murder, which mm -hmm. is just so horrifying to think about. Um, at the end of the 60 Minutes Australia special, they bring on James's brothers, Michael, Tom, and Leon. They say they talk about him a lot, and they wanted to know him better and wish they could. They talk about how protective their mother, Denise, was of her other boys, and they understand why. 
What's so haunting about this case are two things for me. The fact that this baby was with his mother who kept a close eye on him and this still happened to him, and the number of people who saw the boys walking with James and didn't suspect such a horrible crime from two children. Uh, it's also chilling how believable the crying it is, and yet there were no tears. Very sociopathic behavior. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that's what I. That's all I have um, on that. So we can leave room for discussion, and any questions that I can look up, I will. Um, I did want to know about the mom, but you did, or I guess his home life. So I guess that you answered that already, but. Right. Oh my god. Just awful. Just horrible. That um, is I think so it's, shitty. I think it's been like 30 years. If it's 1993 is when this happened. It's been yeah, like 30 years. That is really terrible. What the fuck was I going to say? His birthday was on March 16th. <gasps> That's around when your birthday is. It is. Oh, he was a little um, Pisces. Poor baby. Yeah, he was a little character. His mother described him as very animated and always laughing, having a good time. Poor little boy. My brother got lost in the mall one time. Like, he literally followed a lady outside of the store because he <gasps> thought it was my mom. Oh, no. And I was like, did you not see me not there? Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, no. he was little bitty, though. I, I don't. I think he maybe was like three or four it takes like just seconds no yeah seriously and my mom like had a meltdown and I my first thought was I'm back to being an only child but then (laughs) oh no other than I got scared like I thought something bad was gonna like I guess I that wasn't the first thought that I had that something bad had was gonna happen to him Mm -hmm. but my second thought was that, and then I got scared, but and we ended up finding him anyways. The lady turned around and was like, what the fuck? Who are you? <laughs> Goodness. But I can, like, that shit scared me. I can't even imagine how it would feel now as an adult. I was little still, too. I was maybe, like, eight. Right. So, so the depth of the understanding just gets greater the older yes. you get. I couldn't even right. imagine. Like, if my nieces went missing or some shit, like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's just because the possibilities are just so horrifying. They are. You don't want to think the worst. You want to hope that some nice, you know, good Samaritan comes across a child and returns them or takes them to the police station or something. Right. Gosh. A lot of people, though, just mm. mind their own business. Like, you know what I mean? That's exactly what those 38 people did. Yeah. And especially seeing that it was two little boys. I mean, what's the worst that'll happen? Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Why would they? Like, why they would they? They feel so guilty. I know. I know they feel guilty. They think about it all the time. Like, if they had just said something, that little boy might have lived. I wonder if they, like... Or at least like, hey, where are y'all going? You know, it's not safe down there. You know, say something to shake those little boys up and have that, that you know, maybe James could have said, you know, I want my mom or something. And they would have been suspicious at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just never know. It's just awful. Um, I wonder if they we, asked like just random kids all the time then or just anyone like they just were like, what are you doing? <laughs> 
Right. That's true. I guess because the other, the other part of it is, um, you don't want the kids to be upset about it or whatever and go tell their parents. Cause then you have another issue on your hands. Right. Like, Oh, I didn't tell them anything. You know, I was just concerned. I wasn't trying to, you know, get them to come to my house or anything like that. I'm not the creep that you're looking for. Yeah. You just never know. That's terrible. That is such a terrible feeling. Uh, I just can't imagine. So, well, okay. So according to Manchester evening news dot, co.uk they said while thompson has kept a low profile venables whose identity has been leaked online was sent to prison in 2010 and in 2017 like i had mentioned so Mm -hmm. people know who he is now and probably know what he looks like um so it's it says this prompted denise to petition the government to conduct a public inquiry into her son's case which she believes raised a number of issues that have been swept under the carpet In the petition, she received more than 213,000 signatures, and she questioned why experts deemed Venables to be rehabilitated and called for the report of the prison service into an incident at Red Bank Secure Unit to be published. The government responded the offender was convicted of further offenses as a direct result of robust and effective monitoring. Therefore, the the government considers that a public inquiry into this tragic case is that a public inquiry into this tragic case is not necessary. So they feel like they've done their job, but she's still very frustrated. Um, She has three other sons, as I mentioned, and she believes that Venables should be held to account for his identity being leaked online, believing it's his fault. Oh, so in other words, she doesn't want him to receive any more protection, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, And she continues... He's untouchable. That's the way it feels. All the money that's spent on him to hide his identity, hundreds of thousands have been spent on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, someone agreed. Uh, he's laughed in the face of the government. Despite the horror of that day, Denise has always remained a calm and composed uh, person and has dedicated her life to getting justice for her son. But for her family, it's a fight that is yet to be won. Um, so she still feels like it's not enough, which I mean, of course. Nothing's going to bring back her son. And they they seem to have just lightly punished these boys. Right. But I'm sure there's a lot of people who think like, well, maybe they didn't know any better. But that's just the people that defend children in general. Like, mm-hmm. No matter how devastating their actions. So did John's mom like get her shit together after that? Let me look it up. John Benables. Or did it she was an alcoholic at the time. So the sun.co.uk, who are John Venables and Robert's, Robert Thompson's parents, and what have they said about James Bulger's murder? So let's see. Oh, what? They did more to him than I even heard in the oh, segment. No. So the killers walked James for two and a half miles and were spotted by 38 people, as mentioned, some of whom challenged the pair. So yes, some people did say, where are you going or what are you doing? And they just, they said, um, Venables and Thompson told passersby that the distressed toddler was their younger brother or that he was lost and they were taking him to the local police station. Oh my God. Oh, that makes it worse. That makes it so much worse. I would have been like, "Uh -uh, (sighs) y'all come in here. I have a phone. I will call. And I think I had trigger warning sexual assault because I did read this a long time ago, but I guess they just didn't mention it in the 
segment that I used for this episode, but the pair took James to a railway line, tortured B, and sexually assaulted him. I think I remember that too. I've heard about I this do. There are two cases where a child sodomized another child, and I believe that this was one of them. Mm-hmm. So they poured modeling paint into his eyes, <gasps> stoned and clubbed him with bricks before leaving him on the railway line to be hit by a train. Um, so they they wanted to frame it as an accident, which is another uh, way that it seems they knew what they were doing was wrong, trying to hide their actions. Disgusting, horrible. But the train and never I came, remember, right? I don't believe it did. Mm-hmm. I think they found him before a, a rail a train came down that well, railway. Like, fucked mm. him up like a lot. Like it would have. They wouldn't have been able to tell yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. what the boys were hoping would happen. But because there were so many investigators out and about searching around the strand, they found him before that happened. Um, either that or a train did come and he was only cut in half so there was still enough evidence left on his face oh there's God. there are several yeah there are several websites that give different amounts of details because i mean if you really think about it regardless it doesn't matter what exactly happened to his body it's just the crime itself was just horrifying right. and awful so i do remember there being paint on the child's clothes um on venable's clothes because that's when that child, that uh, family friend that went over to that house mentioned he was dirty. There was paint on his clothes mm. um, as well as blood, but they didn't know it was blood at the time. So they had poured paint into his eyes. Oh, my God. And so after killing James, Robert and John left his body near the tracks where it was discovered two days later. Now, who are the parents? Throughout the police interview, John was accompanied by his crestfallen parents, Susan and Neil. John only revealed his part in the Tots murder after they reassured him they'd still love him if he confessed. So they were really trying to coax the truth out of him. Wait, I thought the dad wasn't in the picture. Um, I think that's why it says crestfallen. So for this, he came to the police station. Oh, I see, I see. Oh, for that. Jesus Christ. Right. Which, wow, thanks for showing up. Yeah. Um, Harrowing interview transcripts revealed how Susan wept with anger when John admitted being in the shopping center the day Bulger was arrested um, by them, I guess. Just days later, he would break down and manically attack his distraught father as detectives asked about damage to James's genitals. Oh, my God. Uh, Susan cried silently in the interview room as John was charged with the toddler's murder and was eventually forced to leave Liverpool with a new identity after an avalanche of death threats. She said he did, uh, I think so, probably to all of them. I mean, I don't know. Uh, He did like to be liked and loved to have friends and he has got involved with the wrong person. What he's done is wrong, so he needs to be punished. What What upsets me is I've no way of bringing him up for the rest of his young years, so he's going to lose all his childhood. Neil added, I feel for that family. I feel so sorry for them. I have lost my son as well. We will never be able to do the fun things anymore, football, snooker, things like that. Now, Robert Thompson's parents maybe are the ones that we um, don't have enough information on because the father was gone. So maybe you're right. The Both sets of parents were separated, but this one I think was missing from oh. the uh action. So after the trial, Robert Thompson's mom, Anne, told how she was effectively in hiding, unable to live anything like a normal life because of the constant and real fear of revenge attacks. During the trial, she said, yes, he did tell some lies, but he also told the truth about one thing from beginning to end. He did not kill that baby. I honestly do believe him. 
They always blame the parents. It's a very difficult situation when you are getting no support as a family. You're alone and face the world alone, the same as I'm doing now. Hmm. Interesting. Venables was banned from any internet access after his last release in 2013, but the judge was told he started searching for child abuse images last July. Cops found the vile collection on a laptop hidden behind the headboard of his bed. He was released in 2013 after he was deemed to no longer be a risk to children. So this was the 2010 situation, and then in 2013 he was released, but told police in 2017 he needed help to understand why he did this and ensure he didn't do it again. Venables has now been caged for 40 months. James' distraught dad, Ralph Bulger, blasted Venables for his repeated offending and branded his child abuse images sentence as an insult. Speaking in February 2018, he said, 40 months is a joke. It is an insult to the family. He added, we've got to watch this sexual deviant. We know what he's capable of. He's just waiting for another victim. Let's make sure there are no more victims. Mr. Bulger called for Venable's secret new identity to be revealed for the safety of the public. So instead of protecting Venables, protect the public is what he's saying. Mm -hmm. He said giving him lifelong anonymity was a failed experiment and claimed the authorities could not manage him in the community. On the 25th anniversary of his son's death, Ralph told Good Morning Britain, you wouldn't want this person living next door to you, would you? He added, personally, I'd like to see him kept away from the public so he can't do anything to another child. And on March 4th, 2019, it was announced Venables is to keep his anonymity after a judge ruled it to protect him from serious violence. Ugh. What the fuck? He deserves serious violence, um, in my opinion. In their bid to have Venables' identity disclosed, lawyers for Ralph and Jimmy Bulger argued certain details about the killer and his life are common knowledge and easily accessible online. But the president of the family division, Sir Andrew McFarlane, rejected the bid, saying it was in place to protect Venables from being put to death. My decision is in no way a reflection on the applicants themselves for whom there is a profoundest sympathy, he said. The reality is that the case for varying the injunction has simply not been made. He added, as Dame Elizabeth Butler Schloss held, Venables is uniquely notorious and there is a strong possibility, if not probability, that his identity were known, he would be pursued, resulting in grave and possibly fatal consequences. This is therefore a wholly exceptional case and the evidence in 2019 is more than sufficient to sustain the conclusion that there continues to be a real risk of very substantial harm to Venables. And that's the end. Jesus. They're still protecting him. I don't know. Do you think it's better for the public to know who and where he is? Or do you think it's better to keep him anonymous? I think the public needs to know where he is. Granted, excuse me. Um, I don't think there should be like a fucking public lynching. But I mean. I mean, it's I guess it's almost comparable comparable to the pedophile um thing that where people you know they have to know where pedophiles are living right yeah why is he not a registered sex offender like right i mean he was a child so i'm not sure if that but he got those, i don't know he got mm-hmm. the child Images. fucking porn right thing i don't know how it works adult. in the uk Maybe it's just because it's the UK. It doesn't work the same. I have oh, no idea. Oh, I guess that makes sense. But what the fuck? Jeez. Yeah, I don't think his identity should be protected. 
Right. This is definitely one of the most shocking cases that the world has ever seen. And I just can't imagine there being like a right way to punish these, these two. Mm. Um, I am glad that, that Robert is not doing anything. Well, as far as we know, because you never know with these things, but um, he hasn't done anything to land himself back in trouble. Hopefully he's not harming any children. And I hope he has been rehabilitated to function in society as a normal person. I see that's where anonymity would be earned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's the difference in facilities or really John Venables is just wired evil as they called him, which, which begs the question, are people born evil? I mean, he did say, or you did say that there was like child abuse and shit. Yeah. Right. Right. That's what a lot of people say. I mean, but then it, it does kind of, you know, make me ask where, were it for like child curiosity clashing with that violence that they did this to this child or, or did it not even matter? It was just like, we're just going to kill him. I don't know. Cause it's almost like they were really pushing the limits. Like they were throwing bricks at him and then they sexually assaulted him and poured, it was like playful. You know what I mean? Like mm. they poured paint on him. It wasn't quick or, you know, it's just like, yeah. ugh. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to know what our listeners think. And if there, cause there are more cases like this where we don't know how the courts should have handled this kind of verdict or like what would be the right way to handle something like this, especially with children with such bright futures ahead of them, you know, possibly, mm-hmm. um, or like John Venables, a, repeat offender you just never know to Mm -hmm. to chance it but i mean if it were an option would these children have been put to death you know what i mean for for such horrific crimes that they committed to this child Mm -hmm. who knows i don't know definitely a criminal justice question for sure because i don't know how i would handle this for sure Mm, disturbing Poor James Bulger. How, how old would he be if, let me see, if it was 1993 and he was two? Hmm. He'd be 30. He would. Wow. He'd have children of his own to uh, hold their hands at the mm. store. Very sad. Very heartbreaking case. Horrific. It just does pull at your curiosity and your brain to wonder why and how children could just do this to another child. Mm -hmm. It's just awful. Mm -hmm. But um, anyways, thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry I exposed you to this case. If you had never heard of it before, let us know if you are interested in more cases like this that are a little bit darker and more graphic than what we usually discuss on here. And I'm definitely going to do something spooky next time so that we bring back a little more fun after all of these serious episodes we've had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram at G I M M E. Give me the creeps and send us a direct message. If you have any requests. So did we give you the creeps?